The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ and the love of God and the communion of the Holy Spirit be with you all. This is Father John Zolsdorf with another podcast. We welcome as our guest today the Missale Romanum in the new English translation. And also we'll have as a guest someone we've never heard from before in these podcasts, and you'll just have to wait to see who it is. In past audio projects, we have taken some time to listen to the first and second Eucharistic prayers in the new approved translation, and we have compared them with the uh, lame duck version, which is now still in use. Well, it's time for us to tackle Eucharistic prayer number three. Uh, we want to get these texts off the page, these new translations off of the page where you have probably read them and into your ears, because one day we are all going to be hearing them and in the case of priests, saying them. So the third Eucharistic prayer um, is uh, uh, a new composition, really. It is in some ways comparable in its construction to the Roman canon, and it has little touches of this Alexandrian feature in that Byzantine text and this or that Maronite anaphora. And uh, it is uh, very much favored by priests and bishops these days. I think it is recommended, really, uh, to be used on Sundays and Holy Days, uh, which effectively shoves the Roman canon uh, off of the altar, and it is uh, able to be said with any preface. Remember, the second Eucharistic prayer, for example, has its own preface, but this one, like the Roman canon, can be used with any preface. Now, we are going to hear, uh, first of all, our uh, the the translation which is presently still in use it's a lame duck translation and then we will hear the new and uh, approved and i think improved translation uh, which is not yet in effect and uh, now before i get into this uh, i had a few the last time i i made one of these audio projects with the eucharistic prayer uh, a bunch of people sent me some email saying that um, I should read with meaning, uh, which, by which I'm supposed to take, I think, that the last time I read them, I was uh, not expressive enough, and perhaps I was boring. And that's not what Eucharistic prayers should be in Holy Mass. They should be vibrant and exciting. Well, um, first of all, this isn't Holy Mass. This is a podcast. And uh, second, I think the people are so used to hearing um, various priests reading with meaning and breathy zeal, and uh, therefore I am supposed to be uh, giving you the impression that I'm trying to make virtual eye contact with all of you out there, all of you listeners, just as if we were all focused on me or on each other. 
which is the usual effect, I think, of ad orientum celebrations of Holy Mass. Now, you know, part of the problem, I think, with having these prayers in English is that priests get the idea, uh, probably from at least a, a subconscious awareness of the deficiencies of the translation and the, uh, the deficiencies of how Mass is being celebrated, that they have to, they themselves have to inject meaning into the text. And the result is that they often become ridiculous. And the text's a self-parody. Well, I think you're smart enough to listen to the texts in these recordings. And I will recall, you know, call to your mind again that this is not Mass. This is a podcast. And um, we uh, can distinguish this from a liturgical moment. And I think we can figure out what is going on and why I'm doing this without any additional breathy zeal on my part. So let's hear now first the lame duck translation and then the new translation of the third Eucharistic prayer. Now you might want to tune your ears to listen for a couple of uh, points. There are many, many differences in the translation. But uh, first, close to the beginning... Uh, whereas in the uh, the present version, still in use, we hear, quote, From age to age you gather a people to yourself, so that from east to west a perfect offering may be made to the glory of your name. In the new version, we are going to hear um, this, and this is the continuation of, a, of course, a Latin periodic sentence, and you never cease to gather a people to yourself, so that from the rising of the sun to its setting, a pure sacrifice may be offered to your name. Now that phrase, from east to west, or the rising of the sun to its setting, it comes from an image in the first chapter of the book of the prophet Malachi. The, ob the idea here, obviously, is that this is every place in the world. There is no place excluded. Now, Oh, well, along in the prayer, uh, in the lame duck version, there is a quote, Look with favor on your church's offering, and see the victim whose death has reconciled us to yourself. Look, we pray, upon the oblation of your church, and recognizing the sacrificial victim by whose death you willed to reconcile us to yourself, grant that we, who are nourished by the body and blood of your Son, and filled with his Holy Spirit, may become one body, one spirit in Christ. Okay, now in the new version, this is, Look, we pray, upon the oblation of your church, and recognizing the sacrificial victim by whose death you willed to reconcile us to yourself, grant that we, who are nourished by the body and blood of your Son, and filled with his Holy Spirit, may become one body, one spirit in Christ. Now, you'll note, of course, that the new translation retains the structure of the Latin, while the older, now lame duck version, breaks that all into two sentences. Well, you know, that's a that's a choice that has to be made sometime. What are you going to do? Um, because Latin periodic sentences, you know, it's part of the genius of the Latin language that you could have, you know, these long periods. And that doesn't work quite so well in English. Nevertheless, what is more important, I think, is the reintroduction of words into the English uh, inventory of liturgical words such as sacrificial, now, you might want to argue that the word victim already carries the sacrificial overtone, and that could be a really good discussion. But uh, the fact is, is that in, it is in the Latin, and now it is in the English. 
And uh, I think overall, our new translation, with its emphasis on sacral language, will be a great, uh, of great benefit in years to come. Uh, along that same line, uh, you're probably going to also hear how we reintroduce words such as blessed or blessed, depends on how you want to pronounce it, and uh, even glorious, for example, in this prayer to describe uh, respectively the Blessed Virgin Mary or the martyrs. The martyrs are described as glorious martyrs, not just martyrs. So this new translation, uh, to be sure, will have a very different ring to it. So without any further delay, let's hear the lame duck version of the third Eucharistic prayer, uh, followed by the new and approved translation. The third Eucharistic prayer as it is still in use. Father, you are holy indeed, and all creation rightly gives you praise. All life, all holiness comes from you, through your Son, Jesus Christ our Lord, by the working of the Holy Spirit. From age to age you gather a people to yourself, so that from east to west a perfect offering may be made to the glory of your name. And so, Father, we bring you these gifts. We ask you to make them holy by the power of your Spirit, that they may become the body and blood of your Son, our Lord Jesus Christ, at whose command we celebrate this Eucharist. On the night he was betrayed, he took bread and gave you thanks and praise. He broke the bread, gave it to his disciples, and said, Take this, all of you, and eat it. This is my body, which will be given up for you. When supper was ended, he took the cup. Again he gave you thanks and praise, gave the cup to his disciples, and said, Take this, all of you, and drink from it. This is the cup of my blood, the blood of the new and everlasting covenant. It will be shed for you and for all, so that sins may be forgiven. Do this in memory of me. And I'll just take the first option here. Let us proclaim the mystery of faith. Christ has died, Christ is risen, Christ will come again. Father, calling to mind the death your Son endured for our salvation, his glorious resurrection and ascension into heaven, and ready to greet him when he comes again, we offer you in thanksgiving this holy and living sacrifice. Look with favor on your church's offering, and see the victim whose death has reconciled us to yourself. Grant that we, who are nourished by his body and blood, may be filled with his Holy Spirit, and become one body, one spirit in Christ. May he make us an everlasting gift to you, and enable us to share in the inheritance of your saints, with Mary, the Virgin Mother of God, with the Apostles, the Martyrs, and all your saints, on whose constant intercession we rely for help. Lord, may this sacrifice, which has made our peace with you, advance the peace and salvation of all the world. Strengthen in faith and love your pilgrim church on earth, your servant, Pope, name, our bishop, name, and all the bishops, with the clergy and the entire people your son has gained for you. Father, hear the prayers of the family you have gathered here before you. In mercy and love, unite all your children, wherever they may be. Welcome into your kingdom our departed brothers and sisters, and all who have left this world in your friendship. 
we hope to enjoy forever the vision of your glory, through Christ our Lord, from whom all good things come. Through him, with him, in him, in the unity of the Holy Spirit, all glory and honor is yours, Almighty Father, forever and ever. Amen. The New Translation of the Third Eucharistic Prayer The Lord be with you, and with your spirit. Lift up your hearts. We lift them up to the Lord. Let us give thanks to the Lord our God. It is right and just. Then follows the preface indicated by the rubrics, which concludes, Holy, Holy, Holy Lord God of hosts, heaven and earth are full of your glory. Hosanna in the highest. Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. Hosanna in the highest. You are indeed holy, O Lord, and all you have created rightly gives you praise. For through your Son, our Lord Jesus Christ, by the power and working of the Holy Spirit, you give life to all things and to make them holy, and you never cease to gather a people to yourself, so that from the rising of the sun to its setting, a pure sacrifice may be offered to your name. Therefore, O Lord, we humbly implore you, by the same Spirit graciously make holy these gifts we have brought to you for consecration, that they may become the body and blood of your Son, our Lord Jesus Christ, at whose command we celebrate these mysteries. For on the night he was betrayed, he himself took bread, and giving you thanks, he said the blessing, broke the bread, and gave it to his disciples, saying, Take this, all of you, and eat of it, for this is my body, which will be given up for you. In a similar way, when supper was ended, he took the chalice, and giving you thanks, he said the blessing, and gave the chalice to his disciples, saying, Take this, all of you, and drink from it, for this is the chalice of my blood, the blood of the new and eternal covenant, which will be poured out for you and for many for the forgiveness of sins. Do this in memory of me. The Mystery of Faith and I'll just take the first one here. We proclaim your death, O Lord, and profess your resurrection until you come again. Therefore, O Lord, as we celebrate the memorial of the saving passion of your Son, his wondrous resurrection and ascension into heaven, and as we look forward to his second coming, we offer you in thanksgiving this holy and living sacrifice. Look, we pray, upon the oblation of your church, and, recognizing the sacrificial victim by whose death you willed to reconcile us to yourself, grant that we who are nourished by the body and blood of your Son, and filled with his Holy Spirit, may become one body, one spirit in Christ. May he make of us an eternal offering to you, so that we may obtain an inheritance with your elect, especially with the most blessed Virgin Mary, Mother of God, with your blessed apostles and glorious martyrs, and with all the saints, on whose constant intercession in your presence we rely for unfailing help. May this sacrifice of our reconciliation, we pray, O Lord, advance the peace and salvation of all the world. 
be pleased to confirm in faith and charity your pilgrim church on earth with your servant, name, our Pope, and name, our Bishop, the order of bishops, all the clergy, and the entire people you have gained for your own. Listen graciously to the prayers of this family, whom you have summoned before you. In your compassion, O merciful Father, gather to yourself all your children scattered throughout the earth. To our departed brothers and sisters, and to all who were pleasing to you at their passing from this life, give kind admittance to your kingdom. There we hope to enjoy forever the fullness of your glory, through Christ our Lord, through whom you bestow on the world all that is good. Through him, and with him, and in him, to you, O God, Almighty Father, in the unity of the Holy Spirit, is all honor and glory for ever and ever. Amen. was the third Eucharistic prayer in both the uh, present translation, now still being used, and in the translation which will be in use uh, one day. Now, as a contrast to the Eucharistic prayers which were actually approved, I thought you might be interested to hear the reworking of the Roman canon by a famous, or rather infamous theologian, back in the heady 60s. Now remember that many scholars at the time of the council, and also for quite a while before, were convinced that the Roman canon was inferior, both in its construction and its theology. And so, therefore, they as experts, experts as they were, they were just dying to get their fingers on it and rework it. Now, one of those scholars uh, was an Italian Benedictine monk and professor at the Liturgical Institute of Sant'Anselmo in Rome, named Cipriano Vagagini. Now, Vagagini would put out a book in 1966, and it would be translated in 1967 as The Canon of the Mass and Liturgical Reform. Now, Vagagini did the lion's share of the research on how to, what, what to do 
in the question of the Eucharistic prayers. Of course, the Council Fathers hadn't said that the Eucharistic prayers had to have any changes to them, but remember, you know, these are experts. They're liturgy experts. And so they were determined that everyone had to be convinced. They had to convince everyone that the Roman canon was uh, inferior and therefore they should have it it should be reworked or you know even better yet um have new compositions and uh now in his book therefore uh Cipriano Vagagini his starting point was that the roman canon was deeply flawed and other prayers had to be introduced into the roman rite for to to make up for what he calls the Roman canons, and I quote, intrinsic limitations and manifest defects. So Vagagini set out in his book to show how new compositions could make up for those deficiencies and how maybe the Roman canon, you see, this is really how it should go. And he's saying, you know, this is of course all for the sake of discussion and dialogue and so forth. But one of the things that he published in his book was a reworking of the Roman canon by none other, none other than Hans Kung. Now, Kung's work is, of course, in Latin. But in this volume, there is uh, provided also a handy English translation, which I'm going to read for you. So let's hear it now, Hans Kung's reworking of the Roman canon in a book from the 1960s by Cipriano Vagagini, who was the guy who was you know, really jamming through the addition of Eucharistic prayers to the Missali Romanum. And maybe just by listening to this, you know, we can get, a, get our minds around you know, what was going on back in the day. So here's Kung's reworking of the Roman canon. The Roman canon corrected by Hans Kung. This was originally in an article called Das Eucharistiegebet, Konzil und Erneuerung der römischen Liturgie, found in Wort und Wahrheit, volume 18, published in 1963. The Lord be with you, and with you. Lift up your hearts. We have raised them up to the Lord. Let us give thanks to the Lord our God. It is right and fitting. It is indeed right and fitting, to give thanks to you always and everywhere, Lord, Holy Father, Almighty and Eternal God, through Christ our Lord. It is through him that the angels praise your majesty, the dominions adore it, the powers are held in awe. Through him that the heavenly and the celestial virtues, together with the seraphim, join in one exultant hymn of praise. We pray you, let our voices blend with theirs, as we humbly praise you, singing, Holy, 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 Lord God of all. Your glory fills all heaven and earth. Hosanna in the heights of heaven. Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. Hosanna in the heights of heaven. Most merciful Father, we humbly ask and pray that through Jesus Christ your Son, our Lord, you will accept and bless these gifts, these offerings, this holy unblemished sacrifice. We pray you, O God, graciously bless and approve this sacrifice. Make it fit and worthy to be offered to you, so that it may become the body and blood of your beloved Son, our Lord Jesus Christ. On the day before he suffered, he took bread into his holy and blessed hands, and looking up to heaven to you, God, his Almighty Father, he thanked you, blessed and broke it, and gave it to his disciples, saying, 
Take and eat this, all of you, for this is my body. So too, at the end of the meal, he took this precious cup into his holy and blessed hands, and giving thanks to you, he blessed and gave it to his disciples, saying, Take and drink this, all of you, for this is the cup of my blood of the new everlasting covenant. For you and for all men it will be poured out for the forgiveness of sins. Whenever you do this, you will do it in memory of me. In memory, therefore, Lord, of the passion and resurrection from the dead of Christ your Son, our Lord, and of his glorious ascension into heaven, we, your servants and your holy people, offer to your sovereign majesty, from the gifts which you yourself have given us, a sacrifice pure, holy, and unblemished, the sacred bread of eternal life and the cup of everlasting salvation. Look on these offerings with favor and contentment. Accept them as you graciously accepted the offerings of your just servant Abel, the sacrifice of our father Abraham, and that of your high priest Melchizedek, a holy sacrifice, a victim without blemish. We humbly beseech you, Almighty God, have these offerings brought up by your angel to your altar in heaven, before your divine majesty. So may we, in receiving the sacred body and blood of your Son, here at this altar, be filled with every heavenly grace and blessing through Christ our Lord. It is through him, Lord, that you continue always to create, sanctify, vivify, and bless all these good things, and give them to us. Through him, with him, and in him, all glory and honor is given to you, God, the Almighty Father, in the unity of the Holy Spirit, for ever and ever. Amen. A final note. The English translation of these texts, uh, which uh, were originally, of course, in Latin, and then provided with an Italian translation, of course, in the Italian edition, were prepared by a group at the English College in Rome back in the 1960s, 66 and 7. I need love, love, to ease my mind. I need to find, find someone to call mine. But Mama said, okay, hurry, love, oh, you just have to wear She said, love, don't come easy. It's a game of give and take. Okay, hurry, love, oh, you just have to wait. You gotta That was Hans Küng's reworking of the Roman canon, found in Cipriano Vagagini's book. It's translated, of course, into English. Now, it's interesting to me, as I read that, how conservative it sounds in many respects to the English that we've been hearing in our liturgical worship for so long. But the point of interest here, really, I think, is that these folks thought themselves entirely qualified to rewrite the Roman canon and also to compose new prayers and then improve the church's worship according to their own particular lights. Now, of course, our Holy Father, Pope Benedict, talks about the artificial uh, impositions on the right, which have created, of course, a rupture in the way that we worship as Latin Rite Catholics, and that the changes 
gave the impression that everything could change. And that this has done really great damage to our Catholic identity and our coherence of understanding of doctrine, who we are, working in the world, each according to our vocations. And so it's no wonder that Pope Benedict has tried to spark, and I think he has done so successfully, spark a new liturgical movement which uh, is trying to bring us back into continuity with the way that we've always worshipped. This is, of course, all to revitalize our Catholic identity. But it's very, very helpful to know where, how we got to where we are so that we can know better where we have to go. She said, Trust in it time, no matter how long it takes, you can't hurry love. No, you just. Wild thing, you make my heart sing. that, I'm going to wrap this podcast up. Please come and visit at the blog, wdtprs.com. What does the prayer really say? That's Whiskey Delta Tango, Papa Romeo Sierra.com. You can also get there by using zonline.com. There's lots of good discussions, lots of very interesting things to read, and uh, discourses and debates you can participate in. Also, uh, feel free to leave voicemail for me. I think I need more voicemail from my listeners. I use Skype, of course, where the address there is that famous WDTPRS. I have a phone number in the UK you can call. It's 020-3239-5957. And in the United States, 651-315-8191. And those numbers are very visible on the left sidebar of the blog. So come and visit, leave me voicemail, and please, more than anything else, pray for me as I will for you. 